0: Alcoholic homes. Don't think. Don't feel. Don't let the neighbors see you feeling like that's. Don't talk. Like that's really all the
1: Al-Anon stuff. Like that's
0: ACOA stuff.
1: Okay. Well, much as I do have the mother issues, there wasn't a substance abuse issue in the house at all. Like because we were raised Mormon, so like I don't fully understand the Al-Anon. I just understand parental neglect.
0: Gotcha. I mean, well, that's a big chunk of it. It is
1: a big chunk of it. Which is like when I went to therapy, my therapist told me it was the same. Because my best friend at the time, his mom was a heroin addict and Mm -hmm. he was going through like the same stuff. And I was like, but my mom's not a heroin addict. I'm not going through the same stuff. And the therapist was like, no, the neglect is the same.
0: Yeah, people don't have to be on drugs to be not present.
1: Correct. And so that was an interesting thing to grow up and then be an adult and not quite know how to interact with other adults. I feel like because everything that I interacted with her with, I felt like was bothering her. And I think that in her face it was showing me that it was bothering her i feel like all interaction with adults is bothering them so it's like with you if i'm not specifically helping you in that moment i'm like okay and now's the second that i starting to bother you
0: yeah that makes sense because like you grew up like feeling like a burden
1: correct i still feel like a burden that's the whole my show's called putting up with that michael marsh because i feel like a burden
0: well that makes sense yeah because you're like not much to put up with
1: Thank you. It's because like I very bail as I mean I don't know you I that well. Out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but like you just seem very generally helpful where you're like, Thank you, that's how I've built my whole
1: personality. Yeah, no, that is my personality. And you're like, oh yeah, you're there when helpful, and then you leave immediately is exactly that is it, and that is the also the problem.
0: Okay, so getting back to like the idea of, of
1: calling people to validate your behavior.
0: Right. What I really want is somebody to be like, wow, what a bitch that person was. And what yes. is that really saying to me? That's saying to me. Oh, it was their behavior was not about you. So, if instead of calling all these people yes. and like wearing down my goodwill amongst my friends,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I investigate how did this make me feel? And that part's actually embarrassing because for a long time, like my primary emotion was shame, and I really didn't know any other feels. I would be excited or I'd be angry or I'd feel ashamed, and that was it. Like it was all I knew. And Interesting. so, to sit there and investigate, like, how did this, what made me feel like. Like my opener couldn't drive me um, because another show got canceled. And I like all these things happen on this Tuesday in New York that I very much like it literally took me two days to get over it because I couldn't just go to like, how is this make? But why the time I could be like, oh, my God, I feel like not good enough. I feel like if I was a better comic, then this person would have rearranged their schedule to
1: drive me. (laughs) I really felt like that. Like her schedule changed because my jokes aren't good enough
0: like the schedule changed but i was like well if you if i was on had a late night credit yeah. i bet you wouldn't have gone to vermont that day you would have stayed back in new york and driven me on a different day than we originally agreed on
1: so you were hoping that if you were more famous her boundaries would be worse
0: i guess <laughs> but no in that scenario it was like i don't know
1: but yeah. i get that i mean like cuz like i said when i like Separated my last job. I called multiple people just to validate my feelings, and then there came a point, like five or six friends deep, where I was like, "Aaron, it's not about whatever you didn't get from the last one. You're not going to get from the next one because they all validated my feelings along the way." And then it was just really became, "Why do I need that? What do I need to stop telling this story?" What do yeah, I because need to it gets like annoying,
0: like yeah, annoying to myself. Yourself. Yeah. So really, it's it's this big shortcut because eventually that's where I'm going to get. Yes. I'm gonna get to this place of like, oh, I'm having these feelings and I'm making this about me. Correct. And I'm making their behavior about me and and making it like making it into a story, but like if I can just go straight there, like, how is this behavior causing me to feel? And it's embarrassing to admit that behavior causes me to feel. I'd rather be like, Could you believe this bitch? Yeah. That feels like so much more intuitive.
1: Yeah, I feel embarrassed for all of my feelings except for about three of them.
0: Which are the feelings you don't feel embarrassed by?
1: I mean, um, being proud of someone else, like being proud of myself, I feel embarrassed by being proud of someone else. So being happy for another person, I feel like that's a good, valid feeling I can share with others. Um, For some reason, I'm not embarrassed by anger. I feel like anger is fine. You know, like you're like no one really expresses enough of their anger. And I feel like I do. And I apologize for it. And I'm good at apologizing for my anger a couple days later. But I'm not embarrassed to let people know that this makes me angry.
0: Well, do you think being angry, like expressing your anger makes you feel like a man? I'm
1: sure there's a part of that. But I also think
0: it's like an acceptable emotion for men, but not so much for women.
1: I see. Yeah, no, I've seen almost every woman struggle with that. I think it's because that's my way of letting them know that I want their behavior to change for me. It's like if I show that I'm mad. I guess I don't know if that's manipulation or vulnerability to just it's be
0: manipulation. like manipulation. Yeah,
1: I guess so I guess that's how it's I manipulate. It's like emotional blackmail, yeah. Um Yeah. I would have I have to accept that as true. Like yeah. don't
0: do this behavior or I'll be angry.
1: Uh it's not that. I don't put it on the thing. I'm like, this behavior makes me angry, so please don't do that. And then if they do, I will like just like leave or something. I don't try to put myself in the scenario where I stay there angry. But it's also like I want to explain that it's like I'll leave and then, and then I do and that's, is I guess that is. And
0: then you're just like waiting around in front of their
1: apartment, like I
0: hope they call me back.
1: No, <laughs> no, 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 you're like, no. I'll will... leave.
0: I'll go five feet away and wait for you to calm down.
1: One hundred percent not. No, if I leave, <laughs> I will go all the way home and pace for two days, and try to bring myself down to a point where I feel like I can talk to them about it justly. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I don't want to sit there and scream back and forth. I want to be like, okay, I'm going to have enough coffee and enough time and sleep where I can be like, okay, I think I was right about this. I think you were wrong about that. I think I was wrong about that, but you know, like, and I'll start to negotiate the, whatever that event was. Okay. So like I got mad at my sister's wedding and left and
0: during the wedding.
1: I, yeah, I, 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 they were aware. My family was aware. That, that was going to happen because my mom was there. Was that
0: really necessary?
1: I think it was. And I'll explain.
0: All right. Cause that sounds like hella selfish to me.
1: Yeah. No. And that's what my brother said. And <laughs> I talked to him about that and I was like, I understand and I get it. Um, It was, I told you before this and we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but not a lot is that I have my mother issues. My mother and I have not really been friendly for two decades and so it's my sister's wedding. She's going to be there, you know, and my sister said, hey, did you want to sit at the same table with your mother? And I said no, and, and I said, you know what? I actually want to go to the reception or whatever, the ceremony, but not the reception afterwards because I just feel like that's a window for things to go bad. The ceremony is beautiful and the thing I want to see. The reception to me is just all emotional liability and my sister accepted that and so she knew that that was going to happen and when i did leave my mom sent me like really mean messages about about it and so because of that i was like good i'm happy that she did this over email after i left
0: what did you what why did what was the in, the moment where you're like i'm leaving
1: uh the moment i was like i'm leaving is when people started to go into the reception cuz i hung out after the ceremony for a little bit and then my dad like leaned in and was like I think Shirley's come inside and see the table, and I was like, "I'm leaving right now."
0: Oh, so you didn't like storm out? You had no. a plan to leave. You plan made it sound leave. like you did something. Like you told everybody, "I don't think I want to go to the reception." I, I was.
1: I told. I didn't and then tell you everybody. Just, you
0: stuck to your plan of not going. To the, re- You didn't like storm out in the middle of fucking the.
1: I did not take chicken. the attention away from her at all. The okay, attention, it, so you made I it sound like that. worse
0: than it was. Correct. You but. made yourself sound worse than you. Did. Is that like part of your thing?
1: Uh, back and forth. You're like I,
0: I left. Like you, you literally had a plan.
1: I planned. To, yes, correct. You didn't
0: correct. leave. You went to the ceremony. And yes. you had told people that you weren't going Correct. to the next thing. Yes. Did they like lose $37 on the chicken dish or something?
1: I don't know. If so, I'll Venmo my sister right now, whatever did she you left ask on it. But her? I told her I didn't want to go to the other, I told okay. her I wouldn't want to go. But it didn't, I mean, I didn't that, might be worth following
0: out, that might be worth following up. Like, hey, did you pay for a meal for me yeah. if you did?
1: This was like 10 years ago now.
0: I mean, so, I, so probably a better deal that she so got. Probably. probably less money.
1: <laughs> you're right. Probably $13 instead of 37 I mean, probably still $37. But I didn't tell the other people 68. in my family. And so they had like that whole, like, that was weird you left then. But you're like, yeah, I would rather deal with that conversation than the other. I just didn't want to give my mom the potential to make a thing because I knew I was going to be extra vulnerable and defensive. And that was going to be where like I was going to be likely to be triggered.
0: Okay, would you like to hear what my mother did at my wedding? Yes, I would love to. Okay, so my mother had these, like, expectations at my wedding, and she, like, got this really ugly gold lame, like, outfit. It could only be described as an outfit. (laughs) And she, like, tried to talk to my dad, who is, like, her childhood sweetheart. And they've both been remarried for, like, over 10 years at this point. Okay, My dad and my mom split up when I was 11. I got married when I was 24. So my dad got remarried right away. My mom you know, took her a few years to find someone. And, um, they have been, both their spouses are there. They've been remarried for over a decade. And my mother tried to talk to my dad like, Oh, we did a good job. Like, no, you didn't. I'm going to about to marry a, an abuser who's 17 years older than me. You did a bad job actually (laughs) like terrible
1: job. It's funny that like that gets to be the pin regardless of the connection that was or wasn't made before.
0: I mean, this guy's about to break my finger over a bag of cocaine, but no, you guys did great. Mm -hmm. Um, I am literally marrying him to get away from you. So Uh. she got drunk as shit. And my dad paid for most of the wedding. And my mom, all her friends and family that still talk to her fit one table. My dad's got like tons of tables of friends and family. Yeah. And my mom gets drunk and requests, I will survive. And goes from table to table like explaining that it was dedicated to her ex. And these are all my dad's friends she's explaining this to. And my friends. She doesn't have... And then, like, that didn't get her, like, the whatever. I don't know what she was looking for, but that didn't do it. So then she requested around sue. That is my stepmother's name. Okay, that is good. very much my stepmother's name. <laughs> she, and she went around again explaining it. And then she got cut off by the bartender and asked to leave the bar area. Um, later that night, and we own three houses at the end of this street on in the shoreline. So my aunts across the street, my cousins from California are staying in my old my grandparents' old house. There's like several fam maybe three families there, cousin families. The, my whole family, my whole mother's side is staying in these three houses at the end of the street. My mother starts throwing plates at my sister on the front lawn because she danced with my stepsister, who was two when my parents got divorced, but my mom still thinks she's a baby whore who stole our money like stole whatever was what, old. Yeah. Whatever my fa- my dad was going to give me and my sister. She, you know, manipulated him to get it for herself starting at the age of two. Yeah. That's good. That, um, and then my aunt came up to my sister and was like, I'm sorry. We just kind of like, let you grow up with her. <laughs> we all kind of felt bad. And then I found out like my cousins weren't allowed to come over my house, like without a, an adult present because of all the yelling
1: Oh, my God. Even though, God. like, we lived
0: next door. It was, yeah. like, we could we would all go in each other's houses except for, like, nobody could come to mine without an adult, a real adult, like, not one of my parents. That's crazy. So, that's what my mother did at my wedding.
1: Yeah. No, it's also, I find it totally baffling that your mom was allowed to raise another person, but there's no laws. You have to break a lot of laws for that to stop happening. Well, nobody- that's the other
0: thing, like, where I try to give some, like, grace to these mothers because... They were sold and like you see all the mothers complaining on fucking TikTok and Instagram now is because they're sold this bill of goods by a capitalist society that like this is going to be the thing that's going to fulfill you, that's going to make life worth living and like not everybody's cut out to be a fucking parent and no. so they have kids because they've been told it's going to make them happy and and it doesn't and it's hard and it's exhausting and these you know, and they're just, they weren't mentally capable of doing it in the first fucking place. And so they hate the kids for it. And they think their kids are, like, special bad.
1: Because there's all, that's the only thing they have in the house to hate.
0: Well, and, and just, you know, they don't know, like, how to create anything else. And, and they've been told yeah. this is the thing to do.
1: Yeah, and they're told that that's the way out of that feeling.
0: There also wasn't as, they're like, we have, it feels more acceptable to choose not to have children now. It, yeah. it certainly wasn't then. We're talking about 40 years ago. Mm
1: -hmm. No, you're right.
0: Was it okay to not have kids? You were fucking, I mean, very rare. And those were fucking weirdos. Those are people that were so on the outskirts of society already that like people, they're like, oh, that's, you know, strange aunt Sally.
1: Okay. Yeah. But so when you were growing up, weirdos, (laughs) that sounds so wonderful. Uh, So when you were growing up, did your parents have a friend who was like 40 with no kids? Yeah. Did you want to be that person?
0: No, because she wasn't. She was ugly.
1: Oh, so purely just about.
0: Yeah, just a very should have moved to L.A. Then.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: No, her name was Ronan, and I remember her. She would babysit us, and I think she was single. And she, I remember once she like changed for like line dancing. It was mm. like a whole outfit.
1: Mm. And you were like, "Oh, cool! She she has the life I want to live, except no. I want to be prettier." No. No. Okay, so you didn't like the outfit either. No. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were complimenting the outfit. No.
0: It was like a fucking Madame Alexander doll outfit,
1: I mean, it was like the nineties, right? I mean it
0: was the eighties, okay, actually the eighties in this scenario um,
1: I was about no my mom's. i don't
0: I don't remember any like I hope I can be that for my nieces,
1: I mean, aren't you already that for your nieces? You're at that age, and they're at that age where they're creating those same perspectives,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm not i mean i live here and yeah. when i lived on the east coast i was like not sober so i'm not super in exactly. their lives i mean I, i'm starting to be but even now it's like how much can i really be in their lives from california i just saw them last week we played like just dance and I yeah did no exactly shit. I,
1: but that's the memory they're going to keep they're not going to keep the memory of like, well yeah and they asking me like
0: what are you going to do and i'm like i'm going to work and they're like what on a saturday night i'm like that's so weird
1: yeah exactly you're like that's when stand-up happens it's the exact opposite. It's like the complete opposite of bankers' hours,
0: Mm-hmm. because
1: I guess we're for the bankers. But I think no, I think you're becoming that now. We didn't mention your sobriety at all in the podcast, although we did mention the wackiness of the wedding and the cocaine and stuff.
0: I'm sober. There exactly, we, go. we did it.
1: Done. I just want anyone listening who was like worried about that comment to be like, she left that life. That life's gone. That that marriage has ended. The cocaine's out of your life. Thank God. Yeah. How many are sober?
0: Uh, two, a little over two and a half. Hell yeah. Thanks.
1: So that's two and a half years sober and that's a year and a half of it. So over half of it is in quarantine, mm-hmm. which is kind of nuts to me. You were in the red zone of everyone be like, did you have a choice, but to not be sober like quarantine, you know, like, cause everyone went through their own. They all had to cope with their coping mechanisms in this last year and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had a moment at the beginning because, like, for a long time, I would try to like just smoke weed. Yeah, and I kept even though like I could never do that for more than like five months without like relapsing on something harder, usually alcohol. And once I did alcohol, cocaine would show up. It just always does. And um, but part of why I stopped smoking weed was because I like I. <sighs> I'm not capable of just smoking weed at night. I tried to do that for 20 years, and it's just, like, if I have weed, I'm going to smoke it. Like, if I would hide it in my closet, I would be on a step stool at 7.40 a.m., like, before my eyes are even open to pull down the bowl.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there was, like,
0: nothing I could do. Um, And so on stage, I would, like, lose my point a lot. And I like to weave in and out of stuff, or I used to, and I couldn't really effectively do that. I would find another point. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, I would leave jokes unfinished, and that's just a distraction. So... That was part of what motivated me to give up weed. And now we've got no stage. Yeah. You know? So I was like, oh, maybe I should smoke weed. I did start using CBD, which is like a bit of a cop out, but it was a lot of it was like felt like the ritual, you know?
1: Do you find yourself ever doing too much of the CBD? And I say that because I overeat.
0: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I just will pass out. Yeah. Okay. Oh,
1: well, that works out.
0: So I'm trying to like, wean off CBD now because I'm like all right you know the pandemic is never ending so yeah he, it's not like oh it's gonna be six months like let me start using CBD oil and that's fine if anybody does that but um I can I can find myself like caught up in like gray area shit and then be like okay like this is not cool just because it's you know yeah. just like riding that line but I just started writing more and and like putting more into like 12 step. That was that was it.
1: I think that was your coping mechanism was the writing, because on the way up you were like, now that I finished writing my book, I'm trying to find out what's next, because you've used that as a coping mechanism for the last year. Well,
0: it's just like my perp. Like it's, I feel like okay, if I've written like a thousand words in a day, like I feel okay about my whole life. Yeah. And when I'm like not writing, like if I like if I either write or perform in a day, I feel like my my I feel valid. (laughs) And I like don't feel fucking valid if I haven't like contributed.
1: I'm the same way. And I,
0: I'm like I'm never going to be a person that writes like 20 fucking hours a day or whatever. Like I'm never going to be that person unless I'm on a deadline for something. But like if I can put in my little effort, get my little thousand words done and I'm like working on a thing,
1: mm-hmm. then
0: I feel like okay. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't feel okay if I I just feel like kind of rudderless in the stormy sea.
1: I get that. I The same way with stand-up. If I don't get up today or at least write a joke that this is so dumb that gets validated somewhere like on Twitter or Facebook or something like for some reason like I could write like 10 jokes if none of them have any traction i'm like well then i gotta get on stage but otherwise it's like if one does well i'm like i could i could take the night off like like that's how i like give myself the excuse of the night off otherwise i'm sitting here like at nine just like rolling around like no there's still got to be a stage open somewhere where i could do something
0: i find it like really hard to get myself out of the house at this point in
1: covid like unless i'm already like on the road covid being an excuse to stay in the house was like the calmest i think i've been my entire life.
0: Well, and also, like, it's still fucking weird because, like, they're keeping new variants and they're keeping, like, new mm-hmm. surges and, like, the breakthrough shit and, like, we're not allowed to get the booster yet, which is so fucked up because, like, a lot of us, like, got vaccinated six months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, my friend's basically back in quarantine because he has an 80-year-old boss that he works with in person and his his shot was over six months ago. So he's like, well, fuck, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how any of that specifically works because i like i see all the pfizer information i'm johnson and johnson so i'm like wait where's my information don't i have the weakest shot what am i am i just out there i like i don't know how to process
0: i don't know my dad last week was like i got my booster and i was like how'd you do that and he was like i lied yeah i was like well you know what i like would have judged him so much more harshly a if he wasn't my dad but B, like at the beginning of vaccination when we were all worried there weren't enough. And now we see like thousands upon thousands of shots, like go to waste every day. And like, what really matters is fucking everybody that can get vaccinated, getting vaccinated. There so was I'm an like, article. You know what? I'm not even mad at my dad for lying. He's like, I just checked the box.
1: No, I say like, good well, for he you. Gets,
0: he gets like fucking mini strokes close enough.
1: Sure. No, like there was an LA times article.
0: Like, what do you want from him?
1: It was like, go ahead and lie. Like I saw one that was just like, if you're just lying, all you're doing is getting the shot earlier. People are still going to be able to get the shot. Like, and I was like, all right, if LA Times says they're going to lie, like it gave me permission. That's when I well, signed Well, yeah, because it's going
0: to open up in a few weeks for everyone to get a booster and you want to be part of like the mad dash.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because ev- all of those tears peter out. And
0: yeah, so I mean, full like, disclosure, I have not gotten my booster yet, but it's like, it's tempting. Yeah. Because I got my first shot in March.
1: We share microphones with people. I feel like that's enough. I'm sorry, people, but like it just seems like we're more likely to get it than other people because sharing a microphone is so much closer to everyone else. And so it's just like, no, 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 I think... And then we go to grocery stores and stupid things. Disneyland. I went to Disneyland. You know, like all those sort of things.
0: You went to Disneyland? Yeah. Was Was it crowded?
1: No. (gasps) It's the least crowded it's been my entirety of going to Disneyland. Really? Yes. The crowd is about one fifth the size that I was used to.
0: Whoa. Now I really I really need to go. Yeah, we didn't even talk about plastic surgery. Look at
1: that. I mean, we could still do that if you want to. I can edit that through.
0: You could do what? I can edit. So you're gonna cut out other parts and add in?
1: I mean like this part where we're talking about. Yeah. I would edit this part out for sure. (laughs) (laughs) The part where we talk about editing? I for sure would. What did you wanna what did you wanna know about about it? So you had what you called Zoom face effect.
0: Zoom, I had Zoom left.
1: No, but, but that was the, what the procedure was called. Yeah. But you and your article that you wrote for which magazine?
0: Huffington Post.
1: Huffington Post talked about how since you were staring at your face on Zoom all the time and you were already had like an insecurity about it, you decided to do a thing. No, no. I no. mean, that's what
0: normal people why they would get it. Oh, but I okay. already like, no. I had a fucking photographer at Venice Underground in 2018 take a picture from underneath Mm -hmm. And that's like, why else am I looking at my neck? But in that picture, I was like, holy fuck. Like, photographers who take pictures from underneath, like, very controversial in the comedy scene. Most people don't like it. But Mm -hmm. for me, I really don't like it. Because, like, I never would have fucking noticed that. But I used to be bulimic, and I... Like, I checked out my mom and my dad's necks while I was home. They both looked terrible, Mm -hmm. and I was super glad. So, obviously, there's a genetic component. My grandmother also had a turkey neck, but I also fucking vomited a lot and, like, stretched my neck out. Like, not just drinking, but also just from bulimia. So, like, even when I wasn't acting out in bulimia and I was drinking and using Coke, I would still throw up from drinking and using Coke. So, like, it was... And my bulimia started like before drugs. So that was just, I stretched out my neck and I had like a fucking, like a, Hmm. it was really gross. And I, uh, I tried like getting some like lasers, you know, they're like, Oh, non-surgical facelift. No. And, um, I was just like throwing money away. So I decided I was going to turn 40 and I was like, I'm going to get, um, this like permanent thread lift procedure. And there's literally like strings that go under here that like attach to the back of my skull and it feels really weird and
1: i did not know that wait so can you feel that when you talk like
0: sometimes like i feel them move and like if i like like a leaf fell on me when i was back home on my friend's deck last week and i thought it was a bug and i freaked out and like moved too fast and it like like hurt like it feels like when somebody pulls Mm. like one of your hairs or something inside my skull so like i don't know if i've broken some of the strings already just from jerking my head around and i like get paranoid about that because it doesn't last forever right
1: yeah but But he also
0: like removes skin um And did this thing called FaceTight, which, like, I didn't ask for, but, like, whatever. It cost a lot of money, and it was, like, part of the whole... Like, went in, and there's, like, a little scar there, and there's scars Mm -hmm. here. Like, goes under your skin and burns your fat and, like, burns your skin with radio frequency, but, like, not, like, when you get a laser on the surface. Like, they literally go under the skin and do it. So it made my... At, like, three weeks, I look really janky. Like, still kind of see if I go like that. It looks not as bad as it did, but, like it like literally destroyed my skin to the point where it looked, I had like, looked like I had new problems, mm. like new neck problems, like where it looked all crypt keepery if I moved a certain way and that's going away, but like slowly, but also like it burned off. Like I had a lower fat face. I didn't even know that was a problem. But, like a surgeon looks at you and is like, Oh, this is what's wrong with your fucking face. And uh, somebody yesterday was like, damn, you lost like 15 pounds. I was like, I lost seven and I yeah. got my face fat burned off. So mm. that adds up to 15. I read that people no get you had tre-
1: seven pounds of. No, I lost fat.
0: seven before that. Like yeah. since my COVID okay. height. And I know that cause I like wore this sweater for a roast battle in which I got called fat quit roast battle forever, but I filled the sweater out and I tried. I wore the sweater again last week and I'm like, Oh, the sweater is loose now. So I know I've lost a few pounds, but awesome. not 15. Yeah. I have not been that good. I had fucking hollow French toast for breakfast. Like I'm not, I'm not killing it. I'm going to go to the gym I and mean, I'm going to do it with flip flops.
1: It's very, very proud of you to do that. I'm not at the point yet post-COVID where, like, I know I lost some weight during COVID. And I'm not at the point yet where I'm like, I can go back to eating normal. You know, like, I was just like, I need to make sure everyone I didn't see during COVID can see that I lost weight for some reason. You
0: lost weight during COVID? I did. That's psychotic. Yeah. You and Kelly McInerney psychotic.
1: Yeah. I gained some for a couple of months. And then I was like, no, not doing this. And then, like, I, like, cut out the ice cream and stuff. Wow. There was, like, a two, three-month ice cream binge in the middle.
0: Every time there's, like, a surge or a new thing or whatever, it's, like,
1: well, fuck it. Yeah, no, exactly. But you said that after the surgery... Yeah. ...you started to go through a depression, which I would have thought would have been the exact opposite.
0: No, well, because we think, like, oh, this is going to fix everything. Like, and it very much doesn't. Like, I don't walk into a room and feel, like, great now. Yeah, no, I, I... And also, like, I... Because, like, nobody really explained how long the recovery was going to take and how long it was going to take to, like, look normal. Like, I still, like, it looks a lot better than it did a few weeks ago. But I still can, like, I can turn, like, left to right now. But I still can't, like, do certain things without it looking weird. Mm-hmm. Which, like, eventually will go away, supposedly. And then there's, like, the fear of, like, what if it never goes away? What if I just gave this guy so much money that I haven't even paid for yet? Because I took out, like, a line of credit specifically for cosmetic surgeries that they have, like, companies just for that. And I haven't even paid for it all yet. And it, like, made my neck worse in some ways. Or, like, didn't fix the problem. When I'm, like, he literally removed skin off my head. Like, how how could it not fix the problem? But I still feel like it's not... Like I still feel like I'm not like a hundred percent like happy, and it's I also don't have a hundred percent results, so I'm just kind of like but in you got one hundred
1: percent of the bill.
0: Yes, and I'm just in that place where I'm like, well, p- um, I don't know, we'll see.
1: We'll yeah, see I if can this, see myself like, getting super frustrated with it. That. We'll
0: see if like, you know, because nobody told me that like the face tight thing was gonna take so fucking long for a full result. So like, I don't know.
1: How long does it take for full results?
0: Like six months. But you get like 70% of your results by six weeks. So I've passed that, but still, mm-hmm. like, what's this other 30% gonna bring? And, like, you know.
1: I mean, it's. I'm, but you're already saying you see the results and you like them. Yes. You just don't like them enough.
0: Well, I just think that, like, my neck still looks weird when I make certain movements. And I'm, like, not cool with that because it doesn't look like how it used to look. It mm-hmm. looks like this new weird. That looks yeah, bad.
1: You have a whole new thing. Whole new problem. A whole new insecurity of the exact same area.
0: Yes. Yes. And then like sometimes I get paranoid that it's like not really super gone or whatever. And um and also like the minute like the minute I got home from surgery, I was like started fixating on other areas of my body that I don't like. Of course. And then I'm like, oh well now I need to get full body liposuction. And then all of a sudden it's like, Well, are you ever gonna buy a fucking condo in Vegas Mm -hmm. then because like there goes like my first Vegas down payment I -hmm. just spent it on my fucking neck which who even looks at a neck and I'm gonna save up another Vegas condo down payment and then just suck the fat out and then what if I just eat the fat back and then I'm now I'm paranoid about eating the fat back on my face yeah so that's a whole other thing I hadn't even thought about before like, so what if you pay to get your fat sucked out of your face and then you eat it back on? How So, for you, you're damned,
1: you, damned that you do and you're damned that you don't. It's both.
0: Well, no. It's just my brain is fucked up. And, like, yeah. no amount of surgery is going to fix my brain.
1: That's correct. That's all. And that's the hard part. Yes. Because you also are like, but there is this easy out. And you're like, but it's also not an easy out. It's just another direction to... To you hate yourself with.
0: Well, and now I'm like, need Botox and filler. Like, it's been over the amount of time that I would normally get it. And I'm like, well, because i kind of not in a great financial position to get Botox and filler mm-hmm. right now. Because I spent tens of thousands of dollars on plastic surgery. Yeah. Would so you call
1: that like a booster? A what booster you, shot? For your Botox. For filler. No. Okay.
0: <laughs> Are you trying to make it about COVID?
1: I'm just trying to call back to an earlier part of the episode.
0: Yeah, that's
1: a no. I I tried. <laughs> Michael Jordan said it's about trying, and sometimes you win, and sometimes you don't. Well, that's but okay. you tried, and so I think if Michael Jordan listened to this episode, he'd be like, "You missed it, bud, but you did make that last shot. And we appreciate that." It's fine. I hope. Thanks for listening, Michael. Rush. Isn't she the best? So Rebecca Rush, if you liked her and you want to follow her on Instagram, it is Rebecca Rush639. You can find her there. She also hosts a show called Vulnerability. She's on Instagram for that, for at vulnerability show. And yeah, she does a lot of stuff. Does a lot of writing. Excellent writer. I don't know if I'm allowed to say too much about an upcoming writing projects. She finished during the pandemic, but it's finished. And one day it will be in your hands. And when I'm allowed to talk about it, I'll tell you more about it. I don't know if I'm even allowed to mention what I mentioned. I uh, I don't think I mentioned too much, though. I made it very vague on very much purpose. Just so no, you know, so no one really has to worry about all that stuff. But Rebecca Rush, going places, writing things. Things are going out there in the world. You'll hear that name more in the future. Or maybe it's the future when you're listening to this. And it's already out. And congratulations. And you're a fan. You're going back and checking out podcasts. Thank you for doing so. Um... I was going to say it's I want to thank her again very specifically for coming on and being vulnerable. I didn't give her enough credit at the time we were recording this because it didn't quite hit me until I went back and listened about how vulnerable she was during this podcast and opening herself up emotionally for us, which allowed for me to do the same. And I also want to thank her for her friendship of being able to hear out what I'm saying and call me out on those things when she was just like, oh, yeah, that's a form of manipulation you use. I was like, that is, I need to work on that. And like, that's, that's what true friendship is. I've mentioned it briefly before, but Zara Mizrahi from a couple episodes, one of my favorite moments of our friendship was I was on the phone, freaking out, and she was like, Aaron, shut up, it's your fault. You know, like it was like, it's not only is it your fault, the things you're mad at, you don't have a right to be mad at. Move on. And I was like, that's great friendship. That is what that is. The things you're mad at, you have no right to be mad at. What a sentence that I need to hear way more often. She didn't say it exactly like that, but it was the summary of it, where it was just like, yeah, you know what? She's right. And uh, I need that sometimes. We all need that sometimes. And I'm lucky to have that in people like Zara and Rebecca. Rebecca had no problem calling me out on those things, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling me out on things. Um, Dear close friends, if you see me out there needing to be called out, call me out. I like it. Helps me grow. I got some friends that have given me permission to do the same. I will. Um, Yeah, Rebecca Rush, good episode. Great episode. Let me be nicer to my own episode. Hope you guys learned a lot. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to get a couple DMs about this. I hope I don't have to go back and edit things out. I better not. And if I do, you won't know because they'll be edited out. They'll be gone. So, I should give the runtime of the episode so you guys know, like, that's how much people got mad. Um, But thank you. Uh, Next week? Next week feels... It's like the same sort of tone, except instead of therapy, I'm talking uh, to Monterey Martinez. And Monterey Martinez has had some supernatural things happen in her life. And so we talk about it, you know? Like, I... She, in the episode, says she doesn't want to be called a psychic, uh, but there's definitely been some phenomena, and we talk about those things, and so it's a very fascinating episode you have next week. This episode, very therapeutic and fascinating as far as digging deep into a person. Next week is about, I mean, not even digging into a person because it's like digging into the next realm. We Talk about how we both believe in the next realm and how she's interacted with it much deeper than I have, and I find that completely and utterly fascinating, so had her over it. I know I said that word weird, but what am I going to do? Relearn how to say words? I don't think so. Not on this podcast. Guys, you can follow me at Aaron Michael Marsh on everything at Aaron M. Marsh. That's it's Aaron M. Marsh on all my social medias. I, did I confuse you guys by making the M there, the initial, and then call myself Aaron Michael Marsh on stage? I don't know. I don't know. Um, follow me on things. If you want stickers and pins. If you're going to see me live and you want a sticker and pin, I love to get the DM to go, hey, I want to get that. And then I'll make sure to bring it. I try to remember to bring it. I don't always remember to bring them. But if you're coming to see me live and you want a sticker and a pin, tell me I will bring it. I'll put it in my jacket. I will go. It's jacket season now, so I can just carry some of my jacket all the time. Boom. As always, Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. I don't get enough of that. I love that. Makes me very happy. You know, like on all your apps. If you're like, I listen to this on Apple, but I have a Google Play account, subscribe to the Google Play account too. Who says you can't double subscribe and double rate and double review? For all the apps you have, there's ways to rate, review, subscribe to all those things. Guys, you've been amazing. Had a lot of people reach out for a lot of different episodes in the last couple weeks. Very exciting. Love all those DMs as well. Keep them coming. So please, thank you for listening. And also, thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. I find a place in this world I'll never be long I've got to be me I gotta be me What else can I be?